Today we'll be talking about blessings, peace, and persecution. So I think this is one you want to get your Bible, your notebook, and your pen, and I'll be back in just a moment. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with Viking Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Well, today we're talking about blessings, peace, and persecution. So that's quite a lot. Uh, I'm Monica Schmelter, and thank you for watching Bridges, where we bring you hope for the journey. So as we talk about blessings, we're looking at what is called Jesus' most famous message that he ever shared. That's the Sermon on the Mount, uh, also known as the Beatitudes. Uh, I'm looking at his blessings, and this is the third in a three-part series, but all of the teachings stand alone. So if you're just joining today, that's just fine. We're going to start today in Matthew 5, in verse 9, and I will read from the New Living Translation. It says there, God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And I want to note there that it says, work for peace. Some translations say peacemakers. <laughs> uh, it doesn't mean the same thing as what people say when they say, oh, we're going to keep the peace at all costs. In other words, just put things under the rug or just overlook things or not deal with problems and just pretend like there's peace, kind of I'm just going to go along to get along. That's not what this particular blessing is talking about. It says that God blesses those who work for peace. They'll be called the children of God. This is talking about a marker of the Christian life, a way of living in which we don't give in to drama, escalate drama, live a life that's full of division, spreading gossip, rumors, talking about things that would separate people, but rather when there are conflicts or problems, if it's appropriate that we would work for peace, that we would work to help people get along, to help people move the gospel forward, to help bring healing, to help bring restoration to families, most assuredly that life in a fallen world, in this broken world, there will be conflicts, there will be difficulties and what this scripture is saying that for those who work for peace, for those who aren't given to division, who don't live in all of that drama, those are the children of God. And I want to take you to the book of Philippians in just a moment where Paul is talking 
And this is a clear example where Paul is working for peace. He's promoting peace. He's asking the community of faith to come together and to work and to live in peace. It's Philippians 4. I'll start in the first verse there and I'll read from the New Living Translation. He says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you. And I long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Yodia and Sintiq, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my true partner, to help these two women for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. So you see division, disagreements, conflict. We like to think that those are new to these modern times, but even back in Bible days, right? There's conflict, there's division, these two women that had worked together in promoting the good news and furthering the gospel have had disagreement. Now, Paul doesn't tell all their business, so we don't know what they were in a disagreement about, but he says to them, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And if Paul was here today, he would say to us, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And he asks his true partner in the Lord to help the two women. And he points out, look, they worked alongside of me for the sake of the gospel. They told the good news. And so help these two women come back together because they belong to the Lord. And that's still true for the community of faith today. We belong to the Lord. All of us who are born again, we belong to the Lord. And the Bible says to have nothing to do with foolish disagreements, squabbles and arguments. And yet, what do believers want to do? I mean, sometimes, honestly, what I see on social media troubles me. I don't always see believers working for peace or encouraging people, settle your disagreement like you belong to the Lord. I saw this whole thing of this man who was a pastor saying, it's absolutely impossible that saying a prayer like a deathbed confession could never get you into heaven. And then someone posts, but what about the thief on the cross? And then he says, well, that's, you know, that's before grace. That was under the law. Okay, here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know what good any of that does. I don't know that it convinces anybody of anything differently than what they already believe. I see in the Bible that it says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I have no idea how all of that works. What I know is that the only true faithful judge, the one who always judges righteously, he knows and he's got all of that handled, so I don't need to jump in and give my thoughts and give my opinions. I just love and obey Jesus, and I encourage those who are in my circle, people that I know, man, let's get along. 
let's not disagree about things that we just can't possibly know. And let's certainly not disagree about petty, ridiculous, stupid stuff. We belong to Jesus. Let's work together for the good of the gospel. Well, does that mean that you let go of all the huge, big things? No, absolutely not. When it comes to the gospel, right? If someone doesn't believe in Jesus, then I would not work with them in ministry. I would love them. I would pray for them. I could be their friend. But no, I couldn't work with them in ministry. They're not, they're not equally yoked. So there's that. But this is talking about divisions and drama between people that believe in Jesus. And all of this pointing the finger of this denomination does this, and these people do that, and oh my goodness, women can do this, and women can't do that. Live out your own convictions. Whatever you think about that, you live that out knowing that you're going to give an account to God and knowing that I'm going to give an account to God. But if we believe in God, if we believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God, if we believe what Jesus says in John 14, six, right, that he is the way, the truth and the life and that no one comes to the father, but by him, if we believe that Jesus died on the cross, that he died and that he was resurrected by the power of God, that his shed blood bought us back, that his shed blood allows for remission of sins. If we repent, if we believe those things the same, then we are a part of the community of faith. We are grafted in by faith. Faith expresses itself in love and we are to walk united. We're not to make the smaller doctrinal issues that none of us know 100% this side of eternity for sure. We think we know, but the Bible says, right, that we know in part and we see in part as through a glass dimly. We're still on this side of heaven. We don't know all the things. We know the main things. We can be clear on the main things. We can be united in the main things. I have friends who go to churches where they don't believe that you can have instruments as a part of worship. They don't have instruments in their church. I still think they're worshiping Jesus. They don't think that I should worship the way that I worship, but they know that I love Jesus. So we can still be friends. We can still pray together. And that's what this blessing is talking about. God blesses those who work for peace. They'll be called the children of God. And if more of us as a part of the community of faith would really come together, love one another, pray for one another, just absolutely refuse to get in petty squabbles and stupid disputes that we don't know for sure that we have the answer to. Imagine what more could happen for the kingdom of God. I know that I've shared with some of you before that Um, It was many years ago, but this minister called me at WHTN and I didn't know really where he was going with the phone call at first. He's like, you know, I don't believe exactly like you do, Monica, but I I watch you on TV and I, I know that you know Jesus. And he says, you know, we have this group of women 
that come to our church like the first Saturday of the month or whatever it was. And he said basically that they were coming uh, from a safe house and that these women, many of them had been um, victims of domestic abuse and that his church basically brought them together, you know, for a good meal, provided some job training, some prayer, Christian teaching, uh, helped them when they were ready for jobs, like get clothing and things like that. And it all sounded really wonderful. And I knew when he told me the name of his church that they didn't believe uh, in women teachers and that they sort of looked down on that kind of thing. But he he was very kind to me. And I appreciated that he was holding a conversation with me, even though we differed on some beliefs. And at any rate, he invited me to come on that Saturday night and to share Christ and to pray with this group of women that came to the church. And I could tell when I got to the church and he kind of met me at the door and was walking me downstairs because this this group met in the basement of the church, I could kind of tell that he was like a little bit afraid. And I just wanted to say to him, you know, everything's good. It's okay. I'm just going to go down there. I'm going to pray for these women and eat a meal with them and help in any which way that I can. It doesn't matter that your church doesn't recognize uh, women as teachers. I'm not going to tell people who you are. I'm not going to tell people that you invited me. Like, it doesn't matter to me. For the sake of the gospel, I can do this. And I had the best time sharing Christ with those women and praying with them and having a meal with them. And just, you know, a couple of women gave their hearts to Christ that night. It was just really a blessed night. And it all happened because one minister was willing for the sake of the gospel to overlook a doctrinal difference and to trust me and to invite me. It was really a great, great night. And I thanked the minister for having me. And I told him what a wonderful time that I had. And uh, I just said to him, you know, we agree on far more things than we disagree. And we agree on the main things. So let's keep the main thing the main thing, right? Let's work for peace. Let's work for peace so we can be called the children of God. As Paul called out to this community in the passage of Philippians that I read for, he's like, put away this stuff, guys. You've been working for the kingdom. You've been working for the sake of the gospel. Why let this stuff separate you? And listen, the division, the gossip, the drama, the way that people separate from each other in the, in the community of faith, in the body of Christ, it does not help the kingdom. This denomination believes in eternal security. This denomination doesn't. You know what? Whether you have this denomination or that denomination, the point is stay faithful to Christ. Obey Christ. If you continue to obey Christ, if you continue to walk in faith, if you continue to read the word and renew your mind, if you continue to pray and obey the best you can, and when you mess up, you confess it, you're going to heaven. It doesn't matter whether you believe in eternal security or you don't. The point is not how much can you do 
wrong and stay saved. The point is, how close can we grow to Christ? The point is, how much can we mature? The point is, how much can we renew our mind and in this filthy, corrupted world that we can stay pure and live as children of the Most High God? That's the point. So you can argue and split hairs with people. You know, I just don't know what benefit there is to that. When we still lived in Michigan, I went with a group of people who were sharing Christ randomly on the street and with people. And so this young guy who hadn't been a Christian very long, I mean, we're on the University of Michigan campus where if you're familiar with that campus, like there, the, people are very intellectual, pretty liberal. You know, Christianity's not like celebrated necessarily. There are Christians there, of course. There are Christians everywhere. Just real liberal. But this young guy who's only been a Christian a little bit walks up to someone and shares Christ. And it was at, right, just the right moment that this person had really been struggling and shared some really awful things that they had been through. And they were saying that they had been praying, God, if you're real, like show yourself to me. So here's this young man. And he's like, oh yeah, let me tell you what Jesus did for me. And this other person cries. They pray the prayer of faith. And by everything that I can see, this person is extremely genuine. Well, when we got back to the car later, the young man who hadn't been a Christian long, people that had been Christians longer shared with him that he didn't share enough scripture. He definitely should have recited from the book of Romans in order for this salvation like to stick. Okay. I mean, you just can't even make this stuff up. (laughs) The person most assuredly gave their heart to Jesus. We gave the person a Bible. We helped connected them, you know, with the on-campus Christian group. And that group was going to follow up. So as far as any of us can tell, that plea for forgiveness was genuine. It was received. And just because that person didn't mention one scripture that was on the list didn't make the whole thing for naught. And aren't you glad about that? I mean, wouldn't it just be awful (laughs) if someone was completely sincere, completely genuine, and because they say one word or they do one thing wrong, the whole thing is just voided? That would be really hard. So I want you to know, as we talk about these blessings, as we look at this Sermon on the Mount, the markers of Christian faith, today as we talk about blessings and as we talk about persecution and so forth, if you want to get the notes from today, we'll have them uh, with the online extras and also on the resources page on monicaschmelter.com and um, talking about peace today as well. So let's go on to a scripture in these blessings that's hard. Matthew 5, verse 10, I'll start there. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And what this is really saying is don't compromise. There's so many times in our lives that the opportunity to fully obey is there, and yet because of 
lack of faith, not trusting the Lord, fear, fear of other people's opinions, being compromised. And this is saying God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. It doesn't say if we're persecuted because we're doing wrong. For example, so if we go out and we rob a bank, which I hope that none of us ever do, and we get caught, we're going to be punished. That punishment is not persecution because (laughs) the punishment is coming from sinful behavior. It's not from doing right. But if we're in a hard spot and someone is asking us to do something wrong and we say absolutely not and we get made fun of or we get cut off, that's persecution. And the Bible says the kingdom of heaven is ours when we don't compromise. And it goes on in verse 11 and says, God blesses you when people mock and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it and be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. So when you read verse 11, I mean, just think about the words that are there. God blesses you when people mock you. Anybody love being mocked? No. Persecute you. They lie and say all sorts of evil about you because you're my followers. Again, not because we're out doing wrong stuff, not because we're out doing things that are super hurtful, because sometimes there are Christians who just say things that are just really hurtful and people respond back. And so that's not persecution. You weren't doing right. You're doing something hurtful. But when we're doing right, when persecution comes because we're his followers, when people lie on us and make up evil stuff about us because we're followers of Christ, it says that we are blessed. So those blessings may not appear immediate. (laughs) They may not be visible. But these scriptures... These blessings that we've been looking at in the Beatitudes says that a great reward awaits us in heaven. And it reminds us that the prophets before us were persecuted in the same way. So none of us are going to be excited necessarily about persecution in the natural because it's not fun. We're not wired to like things like that. You know, as people, we're seeking the easy way, the comfortable way. It's only with Christ's help that we can see beyond that and understand that persecution, when it's for the right reasons, when it's because we follow Christ, that there is a blessing attached to that, both here in this life and the next. And for some of us, that have been around for a while, we really see that the culture from 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, is significantly different. It's not that people didn't do wrong things or sin years ago, because people act like they didn't, and they did, right? The Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Just read some of the stuff that happened in the Old Testament. People have been doing crazy stuff from the beginning of time. So wrongdoing, evil has always happened. 
I think, though, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, it wasn't as popular. Like, people did it, but they did it in secret. And that doesn't make the evil any better because it was done in secret. It just wasn't out there for everybody to see. Everybody didn't know about it. Technology being what it is today, when people do stuff and get caught, the whole nation sees it, right? It's everywhere. We all know about it. We can all weigh in and make our thoughts about this needs to happen, that needs to happen. We weren't there. We didn't see it, but we saw a video. So we act like, you know, we were there. We have a reason to participate in this conversation. But what I'm saying is, for those of us that have been around a while, we see that that which is wrong is more and more being called right, that there's no longer doing it behind closed doors or doing it in secret like happened years ago. Now it's out there in everybody's face. And so the temptation to compromise, the temptation to water down the gospel, the temptation to kind of step back from some of it can be there. But remember the Beatitudes. Remember these blessings. These blessings, God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. And then to go on and expound on that, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things against you because you're my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. Be happy about it. Be glad about it. You can't do that in the natural, but in the spirit. And because of the truth of God's word, we can do it. We can. It's not our flesh nature that will do it. It is our spirit that will do it, that we can be happy, that we can rejoice because it is an honor to be persecuted for the sake of Christ, for the one who saved us, for the one who loves us, for the one who forgives us, for the one who is right now preparing a place for us, for the one right now who is at the right hand of the Father interceding for you and interceding for me, for him. It is a great honor. And what God is saying is, "Mm, I'm all over that. Like, I see that. And when you have enough faith to be happy and to rejoice and to go ahead and allow yourself to be persecuted because you are that sure that I am who I say I am, he says, oh, you didn't just say there's a little reward. He said there's a great reward in heaven. So in these times in which you see darkness being not just tolerated, but celebrated. Get excited and be happy because the light of Christ in us has even more opportunity to shine. And when we get that pushback, when we get that persecution, when we are lied on for doing the right thing, be happy, be very glad because we trust God's word. And he says, great is our reward in heaven. So today's hope for the journey is you are blessed when you can rejoice in the worst moments of life. If you can rejoice when your circumstances are screaming for relief, you've found true treasure. 
And for all of us that have been found by Christ, we do have true treasure. The word says that we are receiving an unshakable kingdom. While everything right now is being shaken, the kingdom that we are receiving can never be shaken. And in that kingdom, there will never be any more wrongdoing, lies, tears, sickness, death, sorrow. The old order, this order is going to pass away. And behold, all things are going to be made new. So that's all for today on Bridges. Thank you for watching and joining. On Bridges, we bring you hope for the journey. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening, who should call right now? Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Don't miss another episode of Bridges. Subscribe to our YouTube channel today where you can find all of Monica's latest teachings. Just visit YouTube.com, search Monica Schmelter, and click subscribe. Once subscribed, click the bell icon to get notified when a new episode is available. Thanks for watching Bridges. Join the Bridges community on Facebook. Visit Facebook and search for Bridges with Monica. We would love to connect with you. If you want to grow your faith and understand God's Word more fully, then MonicaSchmelter.com might be just the place for you. You'll find all of Monica's teachings on demand, complete with online extras. Get started today, because truth changes everything. Need more of God's power in your life? I'm Christina Patterson, host of the Teach Us to Pray podcast, providing practical tips on how to grow your faith through prayer. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.